Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Take Back the West podcast. This is your host, Frosty Rucker. What's going on out there, wherever you are, happy holidays and all that jazz. Um, I, I should be playing some holiday music right now. Maybe I'll try to put that in the background. Don't know yet. But anyways, uh, today we got a good show. I got uh, two good friends of mine, uh, classmates of mine, actually, from USC, fight on out there. Um, I have Colin Ashton, the guy I played football with for a couple of years, and I got Noah Green, the guy I was real cool with. Um, he was in the ZBT fraternity. Great guy, great great frat house. Uh, those guys, we had good times at USC, so shout out to them. But um, both knowledgeable guys, uh, bringing a lot of heat to our show, so um, enjoy it. Again, this show is brought to you by betonline.ag. There's a lot of prop bets going on. Bowl season's coming up. NBA just started, so dive into that. And our show is being broadcast on the Believe Network. And if you want to hear this show, see the videos and all that, go to LAFBnetwork.com. You hear me out? That's LAFootballnetwork.com. LAFBnetwork.com. All right, enjoy. <laughs> Noah, one of my buddies from the ZBT chapter uh, at school, uh, I'm in a group chat with everyone on WhatsApp. If no one's downloaded that, make sure you download WhatsApp. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. But uh, Noah, talk to me. How, how, how are things going? What's going on with our Trojans? I know you stay uh, glued to the television and the internet, whatever news pops up, but what's the state of our, our program? Yeah. So this year has been, I think, I think everyone could agree. I mean, for so many reasons, like this year has just been a joy to watch. Um, if nothing else, you're just sort of thinking every game just feels great. And I think the way this year has gone, you know, from the very beginning, from the first game, the first two games were literally toss-ups, basically. I mean, we're waiting until the fourth quarter. Um, we're, 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 we're on pins and needles the whole time and, and we're coming back and winning and that feels really good. Um, and basically I think like that has continued. Then we have a couple of big wins and then we have another one of these fourth quarter comebacks against UCLA. So I, I'm basically feeling like this. It feels, I, I'm a big narrative guy and stories. I think that the story and the feel of a team is important and, uh, you know, this year feels so good right now that I'm just like, we want, I want the positivity to continue. If that makes any sense, it feels just like a gift um, in every way. Right. So, um, and I think it's like one of those transitional years. Like I, 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 to be honest with you, I can't tell how, like you, you, I, I sort of can't tell how, tested we are how good we are and we've also remember only played five games which 
feels like a lot, but I don't know, man. I think it, it's just one of those years that I want to remember so fondly because of just how beautiful the story has been and how how hard earned and tough all these wins have a lot of these wins have been yeah i agree with you um i think uh to look through that view the way you did and illustrated um, this has been a tough year obviously the the practice schedule uh hiring new coaches putting in a new defensive scheme new special team scheme um the best part was we didn't have too many guys leave for the draft unfortunately or uh just leaving our program period so we, we, we had a strong base going into this year, but the fear of the unknown and the actually being able to play, that is the part that was scary. So I didn't know what product we would have seen on the field, to be completely honest. If we had to line up after all that and line up versus Alabama, I don't think it would have been good and we would have been in blogs talking smack about our program. So I think everything played out in the right manner. Um, I can't go back and forth about we're so good because, like you just said, we haven't really been tested. You know, we took Arizona team that, frankly, isn't good and got beat by 60 or something points by Arizona State. We took them to the wire, you know? And yep. that's not – and I'm not – this isn't shade. Obviously, I'm a Trojan. I played yep. there. I support my team. This is the honest truth. I don't know how good we really are. I don't know if we line up versus a Bama, a Clemson, even a Notre Dame at this point, and get in the positions we've gotten in these games and been behind and come back with this miracle of magic that's been shown. I don't think it happens. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, and I think that, you know, I just I, – I agree. And it, it was that thing where you literally didn't like watch – that ASU game um, was – I've never been more – like uncertain or curious going into a game of just what are either of these two, are they going to look like football teams? Are they going to have false starts every five minutes? But I just think still, I even think still to this point, I don't know what would happen. Um, I mean, look, I was in not to go backwards, but I was at Jerry world when we played Bama and um, I just don't know whether something like that could happen. You know, I, I don't know how we would fare against that level of competition right now. Um, and if, you know, you, you want to do comparable programs here, like this, I was thinking about this earlier, right? Like I'm looking at the BCS standings, Notre Dame's in the BCS right now. That loss they took to Clemson a couple years ago, like, do you still believe Notre Dame belongs in the BCS? Like, I, I, I still, that, that loss has that taste in your, like, it leaves that taste. I don't know. So I, I feel yeah, I don't blown know. out like that. It does. But I think the, the, the franchise of Notre Dame has not been affected the way we have. So, therefore, we're so far behind that they're still getting upper uh, top-level uh, players in their program. And not to say this – again, this isn't shade. Not to say anything about the guys we have. But we don't have an offensive defensive line full of five-star players. So they're easily able to rebound from that loss. As for us, it's taken us a decade, well, it seems like a decade, to dig ourselves out of the ditch that was our former championship glory. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're not, I think you hit it on the head. Like, I, I just don't, our foundations, it just doesn't feel like our foundations have been there in a long time. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's not, it's just like you just watch and you know. I mean, 
Um, I think you just know, and it feels at times, I think we still like, I think we still have to get bigger. I think we still have to get more physical. Um, I don't know how we go into some of these teams that are enormous and physical. I think we, we are not quite there yet. I haven't seen us get there yet. Um, you know, I, I think we just have, there's just a foundation. And I also think that we have to get back to like when we were, I mean, obviously, you know, this, right. Like to get winning at that level as part of the DNA and as part of a habit, we need to build ourselves back to that. Um, so in some ways, here's my thing. If we like, let's assume we take care of business on Friday. Let's say, we don't know what's going to happen after that. Is there going to be a bowl game? Like, I don't, is there going to be a Rose bowl? Is there going to be some kind of secondary bowl game? I don't think any of that's exactly been decided, but if that's it, let's say we go six and O. Oh, I feel like that memory, that, Good. that, that existence of that season in our trajectory of rebuilding and regrowth is actually sort of invaluable. I think um, it's the best thing that can actually happen to us if we don't go to one of these big bowl games or even like I mentioned earlier off the record to you, last year we beat the dog snot out of UCLA. And then we go to San Diego and play in Qualcomm Stadium versus an Iowa team that was pretty evenly matched and we got slaughtered. Yeah. And yeah. things like that had our coach, our head coach on the hot seat, like he always is, he's always on the hot seat. Yep. Win, lose, Coach Helton's on the hot seat for us quote unquote fans, right? He's always yep. on the hot seat. We're always judging him for some reason. Um, well, there's reason, but <laughs> well, I, I, let, just let it be clear. I mean, but look at what he was given, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was tough. I mean, I think, the, I think part of the reason we, as fans, like we judge, I mean, I know for me, right? Like my fandom started when you were playing. 02 to 06 were my years, right? Like those of us that were there for that period and, and were a part of that, that team and that, um, frankly, dynasty, we have a standard that I think when you, we, I think part of the reason we're judgmental of Coach Helton, fair or not, is we look at the pedigree and we just wonder, like, is there that, like, is there that championship DNA in there? Um, I think that's part of the reason you're always on a hot seat is just being compared to a, to taking over after a dynasty. And then, like you said, taking over after, sanctions that just you know just ravaged us in years of just i mean i remember just barely being able to field a team yeah the death penalty can destroy your program for two decades you know what i mean just yep. you know but you know just like you said we're used to our standard being you know we never lost really um we won we won in style we won dominantly and all that here's the thing we're never going to be able to recycle that that those things come and go, right? Without mm -hmm. the death penalty, we're very competitive, but we tried to recycle that same energy. We got Kiffin. We got Sark. We did. Plus with Coach O just being in our program, but we yep. let him go. We let him go. But you can't get that energy back. It's not the same. When we look at the teams now, they got some good players. I'm sure they're O-line, D-line. We got good players. But we're used to pad on pad, tight end, Sets with Dominique Bird on one side, yep. like Gunther and Alex Holmes on the <laughs> other one, uh, lining up running powers. That's not our offense. So it doesn't look powerful. It looks like the air raid offense. It looks like they're not trying to be physical. 
And then when we, when we do get our first downs, when we go for our fourth down, everyone's like a sigh of relief. But then going into it, anytime there's a fourth down, fourth and one, I know myself, I'm like, there's a better pro- probability that we're not going to get it. Yep. Yep. And, and, I, and again, this is no shade. This is just the honest truth because the standard that we're all accustomed to, it isn't the same. The offense that we were looking for with the fullback set running downhill with David Kurtman, with Lee Webb, with Brandon Hancock, we don't have that. No, we don't have Wendell just 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 ramming through everyone. We and do, but our backs aren't getting – We do. Steph is strong, but, yeah, it's not happening. Um, no, no I'm with you. Offense. So it, 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 it's the way the illusion looks. It, it's, yeah. it's like it's – window dressing in a sense of our, our former selves. We want this restore of glory. We want all this, but you got to go and look at these offenses that are doing what we were accustomed to. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and we've had, but also, I mean, it feels also like we have in some ways adapted this style of, we, like we've adapted this style of offense partially to, to deal with some personnel issues, right? Like we, we are, we are playing this for a reason. Um, and I think, like, that's one of the things as I look at, I mean, when you look at the program, part of the question is, how do we get back to the, how do we, I don't know if this is a big passion of yours, right? Like, how do we get back to the recruiting level where we're getting the guys in there to be able to, um, to build out that program? I'm curious, like, I'm looking, I'm feeling right now pretty, it's looking good for this recruiting class for, for, for this next upcoming class 21 and like I just think an undefeated season would help cement that oh yeah right, right? like we're getting guys like I'm looking and here's what's interesting right like we're getting guys, the guys that have committed so far that are committing early right you got guys from DeMatha in Washington you got guys from Texas you got guys from Florida it's a national recruiting situation I want to also see us just clean up in Southern California again that, and cement right? Like, that's what it's looking like. And I'm just like, to be able to say you're 6-0, and you just rolled through the Pac-12 in a pandemic-induced year, right? Like, now, come be a part of, like, build that next step. I just think for a narrative, that's just such a good storyline. And honestly, man, I want, like, so this team, like I was saying in the beginning, like, part of the reason we all, as fans, I think, love this team, and I will say, although, you know, he's on a hot seat, but I will give Coach Helton credit for this. Like, Coach Helton is a fighter. You got to give him that. And yeah, these guys fight. Like, these guys fight. And they fight right to – like, I want them to have the memory of an undefeated season. Yeah, they deserve it because they, right? they've been through this whole storm and we've all been with them, but they, they've had to live it. They've had to, you know, deal with a campus with no people and living in dorms and, you know, having to be tested every day to – be in the building and games being taken away because of other teams and things out of their control. They're resilient. Uh, I think Coach Helton's doing a fantastic job, and I think he's Pac-12 Coach of the Year, if you ask me. If they run the table like they should, he's Pac-12 Coach of the Year, and all the hater stuff has to go. Even with these good recruiting classes, Noah, that I'm seeing that are coming, like you said, you mentioned guys coming from Texas and all that, our base players – of taking back the West, I think are still going to be late to come. But I think we should clean house in Southern California, or or, or California, period. It doesn't have to be Southern California. 
You know, when I played there, we had guys all the way from the Bay, all the way to San Diego, you know? Um, yeah. So, again, th- this is about culturally our program being dominant to be able to play in these big-time games and restore something that I just don't see, even with those recruits, the way our offense is finesse, it will never look the same. Until our offense is balanced enough that we're going to run powers and actually run the ball yep. for a whole series and just dominate up front, it will never look the same. It won't feel the same. And we'll always be second questioning. And that has nothing to do with Graham Harrell because he does a great job. His offense puts up points. It puts up numbers and this, that, and the other. But what we're looking for, the it factor, the dominant it factor, when you know we're going to line up and get that fourth and one or it might break loose for a touchdown. It just it will never look like that. No, and, and you're absolutely right. We, we just need to ha- – I mean, you look at every single team that's in that conversation, right, no matter how modernized the game gets um, all the way through, by the way, like all the way up to the NFL, right, the, just everything, it continues to get more and more diverse in terms of the schemes and everything else. You have to be able to play that power football. Like there are not teams that are up in that beat that cannot play that power football. Like – Clemson can just smash you in the mouth. Like Alabama can smash you in the mouth. Like we have to have that as part of our repertoire and we have to get that built in somehow. Yeah. And, um, but again, it starts with progress. It starts with us finishing this season the right way. Um, again, it's not going to look the same. And I don't know if people, fans are truly ever going to be satisfied just because of the way it looks. I'm a big fan of our quarterback. I'm a big fan of uh, all our players, really. I don't have anything negative to say about anything. I think we have a lapse of tackling at times, but that's not coach's fault. You know, guys, guys, I'm sure they practice their angles. They have a great coaching staff with ex-players, uh, up-and-coming uh, recruiters. They got it all over there. There's, there's no excuse, and that's why we're sitting in the spot we are, and we didn't lose those games, all those close games. We didn't. So I'm very positive on that note. It just won't ever look the same. No, it, no, it won't. And, um, but I think to your point, I think the thing is there, that something, I think we can build something really strong. I mean, I, I really do love the direction we are in right now. I think, I think you hit it on the head. Like the, the staff is exciting right now. Um, the recruiting is exciting. I think that, you know, there are changes being made on the staff where those changes are needed. Um, I do think to an extent, I, I, I don't know how to get the fan base to be fully satisfied with, with what they see, because like you said, it's the looking for the style part. Like no matter, no matter what the outcome is, there is a looking for a particular style that we want. And I don't know if this, I don't know if this group is going to get there, but honestly, man, like from an offensive perspective, um, we're putting up, we're putting up points. I mean, I, was, I love our receivers, man. Like I love, I, I love our receivers so much. Like I love watching them play. Like I love a lot of these things. You're right. It's, it's a stylistic question that I don't think we're ever going to get fully back to that place. And, um, and I, I, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that develops um, in the next couple of years. Like, do you think we get back to any semblance of that? It's just the way it looks. On paper, I feel like we're going to continue to build. We're going to get these recruits. We're going to get all that. Uh, 
we keep this coaching staff together because you know with success people leave to go get paid um that's players and coaches let's be real here if we can keep the staff together for at least another couple years and build on this they're going to get the players you know because they're trending they're trending in the right direction right it's not really a roller coaster maybe on game day it is but other than that everything they got going is positive it just will never look the same as long as Graham Harrell's calling the offense because we're used to running powers and things of that nature. And that's just not what we do. I mean, you think, you, do you think that we, do you think we stay, I mean, well, here's another question. Another question I have about our up and coming future and your thoughts on is like, is just the overall, um, is just the overall pack 12 um, and how I think every, every pack 12 team, Dan is just sees what's happened to this conference and just um, it's a little hard to watch sometimes uh, like this year, especially. I get it. It's finesse. It's just not, it's not dominant. And that's what we were. We were dominant. I remember Noah, obviously I played in the league for a long time and um, obviously in college, I won a lot of football games. So I got to be in locker rooms with guys from the SEC and guys we played against for Auburn and, you know, all these great giants of teams, um, they thought just because we're from the West Coast, we were naturally weak. They didn't think we were, our schedule was strong enough. They thought we were just similar to what's going on now. We'll run through our conference, and then we would lose. But the thing for us, we would just never lose, you know? We would go to Auburn and beat them without them scoring. We would yep. match up versus Oklahoma in a national championship and beat them by over 40 points. Yep. Right. So they they were just like, you guys were so good, but we didn't think where you guys were coming from were good. UCLA, Washington, all those teams aren't really good. They don't. They thought that anytime they would match up versus any Pac-10 at the moment, uh, at the time uh, conference, they would win. It would be a cakewalk just because they're not physical, and you know the demographic there isn't the same. You know, we got white boys on our team. They don't, you know, only white boys on our their teams are quarterback and maybe a couple linemen, maybe a couple linemen, right? Yep. So that's just the way they've seen it. And I had a lot of time to sit there and have a lot of conversation about it and learn the way they were viewing us. And when we were playing, uh, thank goodness, Coach O came from the South and, you know, he had that about us that, like, that's how they view you. So I already kind of knew they viewed us like that. But Coach O, you know, he did a great job of preparing me for that. And that's why I think we all played like that when we matched up versus those teams. We, we dominated them because we already knew the pre-notion of us is soft, weak, we can't hang with them. They have better football. The state of Texas is better football. The state of Florida is better football. Tennessee is better football. Alabama, like high school-wise, it's better football. So when you match up with all these guys from the West Coast, they never thought California football was that good. So then it became state rival like that. So it was it, it, interesting, man. It's just interesting way yeah. of looking at it. Um, I think we get uh, – we stay on the positive trend. I hope keep so. doing what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. But it won't look the same until we have a different type of offense. No, I agree with you. And I think, like, I think as fans, I think um, we just have to see – the trajectory of 
to, I think we have to see the trajectory of the rebuild through. And look, I'm, I'm a fan where like, like you said about coach Elton, right? Like, and when, when Mike bone came in, there was a lot of pressure on him to make a move. Um, I was one somewhat maybe controversially to say, first of all, just in leadership, like when you come in that quickly, I understand not wanting to make a knee jerk decision and wanting to take some time to assess and see what's going on. But also when you have some type, when you notice pieces of momentum building and growing and you have, and you're coming out of death penalty, you have to allow the program to rebuild and to let those foundations keep coming. Um, and you can't disrupt it because if you disrupt it again, like it's just an organizational thing. You're pulling the rug out again from something that was just trying to rebuild the rug when it was just pulled out from under you. So I just think it's important for us to keep going on this trend. Like that's where I think this season could end up being one of those things we look back on as this was the, this was a turning point. This was like one of the best things that's happened in the reestablishment of this program to be where it needs to be um, and where we all want it to be. I think we could look back at this season as that, as one of those units, right? Um, yeah, I mean, keeping uh, Helton was a great thing. Just, just foreseeing what this whole country just went through, having a new head coach could have like really <laughs> set us back. <laughs> really, like big time set us back. And well, I we, think you know, we didn't even yeah. foresee this happening, but you know, and people are giving yeah. uh, Mike Bone such a, a hard time on the decision. It's like. We have an undefeated ball club, guys. Right, right, right. Like, and what do you now, want? And, like, what yeah. do you want? Yeah, well, and now they're now they're now they're giving them a hard time about not, um, I guess, not complaining hard enough about not being in the BCS. Um, and I'm like, look, man, look. I, do I think we should be 13th? I don't really think we should be 13th. I think we should be higher than that. Do I think we should be top four? I don't know. I don't think we've. Re- I, I don't know that we've really earned that and and I no absolutely not and I I don't understand what his I just don't know why him making a scene is important he's already spoken on it and I think to your point like you have to make those tough decisions and I think keeping the stability there and recognizing like you got a guy in Helton that people that, that guys will run through a wall for right like when you pull guys like that out as we saw frankly as we as you saw when when coach o was gone right when you pull that out it's that's a hard thing to pull out (laughs) you you don't want to pull that out i think everyone sits there with their emotions uh and spew on online and facebook groups and stuff like that and you know in group chats and whatnot but ultimately you do have to think about the athletes that are dealing with it too yes you know, yes. and, uh, and, and emotionally, mentally, I don't think people uh, really put the athletes in their top frame of focus. You know, like what about yeah. those kids? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, that are that the commitment are. he made to those parents to get them to go there. Absolutely, and and to and to support them and and build something, and then I, I think we often just you're you're just ripping stuff around, and it's it's very disruptive it's very disruptive to the whole situation. And I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I just think having seen it all, it's like, look, this thing is actually heading on the right direction. Like every USC fan should be 
Like going to the BCS should not be the mark of whether or not this was a successful season. To your point, it's like what's in your control and what's not in your control. None of that's in anyone's control. And frankly, like even going all the way back to to when you were here, right? Like you know what it's like to be left out of the BCS um, in way like in way different circumstances and way more deserving circumstances, quite frankly. But what did you do? Like you guys went and beat the snot out of Michigan. Like I, it's it's not um, it, you have to you can't control that stuff, and you have to enjoy and and just take um, keep your focus on what's in your control. And as fans, for me, I'm just this season has been just more fun than I could have imagined because I didn't know, like none of us knew what to imagine. None of us knew if we'd get games. None of us knew what those games would look like. Um, every game has felt great. And I, I just am excited to see that, that energy coming back. And, you know, that UCLA game, just getting texts from friends being like, I never doubted it. I knew we were going to win. I'm like, all right, bro, good for you. Like, I, I don't know if I exactly felt that way, but this team has, has brought some confidence back in fans, right? Because we've seen them be that fourth quarter group that can come back. And frankly, that's how we, that was part of your all's DNA was being a second half team, right? Like sure. that was the thing, right? So when you see these little pieces coming together, it's like, can we for a second stop like focusing on all the noise and focus on what are the trends that you see that are positive that are going to lead to building this thing back um, to the place it, we want it to be. And also we had an undefeated season. Let's enjoy it and be happy and celebrate it and not spend our time thinking about things we can't control. You're absolutely right, my friend. Um, I appreciate you coming on here, dropping some of these, uh, jewels and knowledge on our listeners and fans out there. Um, love to have you back, if that's cool. Ross, I love to be back. It's always a joy to talk to you, man. Um, and uh, just excited to see what happens this week. And I would love to be back anytime. Let me know. Thank you, sir. And you have a good day. Uh, All right, brother. Happy holidays, buddy. You too. Happy holidays to you, my friend. So my next guest today is Colin Ashton, an Orange County native that I uh, had the pleasure with. Uh, playing football together uh, at USC together. He is a Mission Viejo graduate. I, I don't have too many good things to say about Mission Viejo football, but because I went to Tustin High, by the way. But regardless of that, Colin Ashton's a great guy. He's a fifth-generational Trojan. Uh, he was a walk-on player, earned a scholarship, earned um, so much respect from me, my teammates, coaches, uh, phenomenal football player, phenomenal person. So uh, here's Colin Ashton. So I got my good buddy Colin on. Obviously, I already introed him uh, before he got on. Colin, uh, what's up, my buddy? How are you doing? Happy holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever the hell you say. <laughs> I'm happy for you that you're always smiling. Um, what's going on? Not much. Just hanging in there. Got uh, got uh, two kids now, so just making sure that that they're straight and trying to live through this time right now. And you know, it's good getting family and uh, everything so that's good everyone's staying safe you got two little rascals that are cute as psychos buttons. yeah they are pretty psycho um, <laughs> okay. actually right now right now as right before i got on the phone with you uh-huh. uh uh but i was going to turn on the grinch for my, my, my little one and we got 
scrolling down, he saw SC UCLA game recorded. He's like, "Oh, Dad, can I watch the the SC game?" I'm like, uh, "Sure." Yeah, he's four. He's four. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> son. Uh, yeah. And by the way, the Grinch wasn't wrong. When I think about it, the Grinch just didn't like people. Yeah. It wasn't really the holidays. It was just the people. No, exactly. And I get it now. <laughs> but that's besides the point. It's, it's, it's Merry Christmas time. Uh, Colin, we're going to talk about our Trojans. Um, I gave a little rundown before I brought you on. I talked about you went to Mission Viejo. I didn't have any nice things to say about that. But we're from Orange <laughs> County. Uh, so it makes me, <laughs> me and you brothers, uh, we, we played on SC's football team together. Uh, we won the same amount of national championships, the experiences and all that. Uh, you went from walk-on to scholarship. And I told everyone, I'm not sure people, including myself, really know how hard that is, gaining respect of uh, your teammates, your coaches, and the whole school to, to the point where they gave you a scholarship. So walk us through your whole process of getting to SC, what it was about, and earning that scholarship. Well, I, uh, I actually got, I got into SC uh, because I could long snap. That was, that was like my in preferred walk on or whatever the hell. You, uh, hold on. What? I've never seen you long snap. What are you talking about? <laughs> I did it for a year out there. Come on, dog. We had Joey Bostovich and Will Bowman. It was never no, Carl I, was, I, was, I was before Will. Were you really? Yeah, I was before Will and – that was kind of like when I showed up, I, you know, that got me in there or whatever, but that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I wanted to be a linebacker. That's what I was in, in high school. And that's what I wanted to do. I was, I was 185 pounds. So, you know, I just kind of got into the linebacker room and just kept, you know, doing the same thing, learning everything I could uh, just grind, grind, grind. And then, and then obviously special team stuff. So, you know, I was a backup on special teams. I was back up here and here and here. And then, uh, yeah, when everyone everyone got hurt uh, against Arizona, I got to start out there um, my sophomore year and then started my last one at UCLA before, like, getting the scholarship. So it was, it was crazy. But I, doing both was so hard. Like, I, I actually didn't want to snap anymore. I just wanted to be, you know, on – I wanted to be on the field. I would be on the punt team, be a guard or whatnot. But – the snapping, the the mental fortitude at that dude is is nutty, and having to be on the side of the field when, you know, the offense is out there as opposed to sitting with the defense and going over some plays. You know, it's second down. I got to be behind the bench practicing with Tom alone uh, <laughs> before we go out there. So, All right, Tom the bomb. Yeah. yeah, boy, was he good. He was great. So, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the process was? or would you did great to get a scholarship? I think the, the I mean, well, the, the reason why I believe that I played was just because I knew, I knew every position on defense. I could play, I mean, I couldn't play any position, but I knew what everyone did. And, wow. and that's, that was my kind of ace in the hole is, and I joke, like there were very few guys uh, not not to throw disrespect, but there were very few guys on the team that could I could actually really talk football with. Like Lofa was one of them. We'd always sit down after after practices and go through like next level discussion about not just what the Mike backer has to do, but what the sandbacker has to do, what the will backer has to do. So when you know someone's hurt or someone needs a fill in, 
know, they can't, they, they the only person they, they're going to go to is me. So it gets me more very reps on the field. Person. Very valuable person. Exactly. So I think that's what got me out. That's what, that's what got me on the field. Um, and I mean, I joke even today, like even, even toward the end, you know, um, every play, I mean, the Texas game when we were, when I was calling the play, I don't remember, but I call whatever I call double B dog. And as we break the huddle, I would literally be pointing to, you know, Cushing was playing a position he hadn't played all year. Uh, but I knew the will nickel position too. So like telling him, Hey, you got B gap over the top before every single play. So that's what that, I mean, it's not, it was definitely wasn't my athletic proudness. It was, it was more my mind on how, how, you know, if if it was play away, I'm over the top and I'm making the tackle, but you know, I might not be making the tackle for a four yard loss, but I'm, I'm in the right spot. Well, I tell you what, man, you're a hell of a teammate and, um, I'm happy to go on war with you. I'd still get in that foxhole with you today. Um, I could always count on you. And I think that's one of the attributes you always had is that, you know, the way you just described how smart you were and how valuable you were in that sense, um, you're very dependable. And I started my career off at USC in the linebacker room. And that's something Mm -hmm. you being that valuable actually, and a couple guys got me moved to defensive line. So, uh, if you want to pat yourself on the back with that one, I'm still <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think I got thought, you moved to defensive I line. A better, I, I actually feel like I was a better linebacker than I was a defensive lineman. <laughs> but you know, the, the proof's in the pudding. And uh, the best, the best, the best story uh, I'll never forget: me, you, and Lofa sitting in the locker room or sitting in the linebacker room, and and we were just t- we were just shooting the shit. And you said you made some sort of comment. If I ever put my hand in the dirt, I'm transferring out of the school. <laughs> it was like next week <laughs> you were at the D line. Oh, dude, and I fought it. Let me tell you, Colin, I fought it so much, bro. I was sitting there like, you know, you got ego. You know, um, you know I transferred in. Me and Lofa transferred in. Um, like I said, I thought I was uh, really good at linebacker. I, I you know, I took my whole horn there. I thought I was pretty good. Um, had a good career in high school at linebacker went to college to play linebacker. And when you have an ego and you come in and, you know, you, you're like, no, I'm playing linebacker. Coaches may uh, tell you they want you to do or try something else. Um, the, the, the issue would happen is, for all you people that don't know, we were playing the Orange Bowl year where Carson won the Heisman. We were playing uh, Arizona State. And I had to mimic Terrell Suggs. So before that, that week of practice, you know, I had to sit in the room with Coach O, and he just told me, do whatever it takes, beat Jacob Rogers, get to the quarterback. That, that's all we want to see you do. We want to see you get to the quarterback because that's what Suggs did. So I had a great week of practice. You know, I, I busted his ass, and I like to say I did. <laughs> I got him. You know, all practice. I, I just did whatever I wanted. I had no responsibility. And I had a great week of practice, and it wasn't soon after. It was like, okay, buddy, your hand's in the dirt. And I was like, no, I was just doing it for the team. I don't want to do this. And truth be told, Colin, Coach O was just that damn scary that I didn't want to be in a room with him all the time. Yeah, I could see that. You know, he was completely not my style. I liked to smile and stuff, and there was no smiling in there. Only when he turned his back and – you, you get a big grin from Sean Cody or Mike P or Kenichi laughing at something he might have said. But other than that, it was like you were completely dialed in in that room and it wasn't lax and it took me out of my comfort zone. So yeah. I was a little afraid to do that. And 
I had a long conversation with Coach Carroll, and he just like, look, dude, you got a, a supreme opportunity here to play defensive end. Your body type, I've seen it. I've been in the, the NFL. And if you, you know, take advantage of this opportunity, you know how positive he is. Take advantage of this opportunity. You could probably play the next level and uh, make a career out of it. So I thought about it, called home, told my mom what was going on. I was like, yeah, that crazy guy wants me to be in his room. <laughs> you know, and she, you know, she's all for it. Cause Coach O, you know, he, he, he'll sell water, water to a well, you know? Yeah. So she was like, no, you need to do it. And I was just like, yeah, but I can play live. You know how I get down, mom, you know? She's like, yeah, but the opportunity's right there. And the whole objective here is to play football for USC, right? And I was like, yeah, you're right. And, um, you know, Fortunately and unfortunately, Omar Nazel got hurt, and I got my first start versus Washington, and I think I had seven or nine tackles my first game and not even knowing what to do. <laughs> yeah, that, right. that attached really to the fact knowing. that you still haven't stopped growing. Right, right, right. And, I, I again, I didn't foresee this. Uh, kudos to Coach Carroll for seeing the type of player I was going to grow into. And um, I had to set my ego aside and get out of my comfort zone uh, to for the betterment of my life and the team, so it worked out. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay, so t talk to me about the 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 team now. Uh, highs, lows. What do you like about them? Um, I love the team. I think uh, you know I, I, this isn't a fan friendly thing to say, but I think uh, Coach Helton will be Pac-12 Coach of the Year. I think he's done a phenomenal job. Yeah given what has gone on around the country and what this team has battled through. And to even be able to have a season, these kids went on, uh, the, you know, they fought for it. And I think, I think it's a good season for us. Um, how do you feel about the state of our program? Yeah, and um, I mean, anything, anything negative I say comes from a place of love too, because I, you know, the SC is, is borderline my life, so. Um, but like we were talking about earlier, well, one, I would say uh, last – well, against UCLA, the first half was, was a little odd. I, I, I didn't see the, the same fire that I thought I saw turning around against Washington State because we were – it looked like we were partying on the field, which is what we used to do and was – it's just the blast to play in and watch as a fan. Um, but I'll say that, you know, whether you like Hilton or not uh, – the players respond to the guy like any, anytime you show any, anything with him talking dude. the play, the players respond to him similar to how we responded to coach Carroll, the same stupid do the Trojan or whatever you're doing. We were about it. And, uh, that, that is a huge deal, uh, to, 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 to be able to follow a head coach like that. Um, but you know, it is different. Like we talked, like the way, the way that we played football was, is different than the way that we play football now. You know, we, we, <clears throat> we don't have the fullbacks. We don't have the, the run game. Uh, well, we don't have the run game like we're, that we're accustomed to. Um, it's not my, it's not my favorite. I don't, I don't like that type of type, that, that type of offense. Um, I think, I think with Graham Harrell or with any type of spread offense, like we had been running, it, it creates a soft middle personally. I think our, our offensive linemen are get, get stuck moving uh, east and west as opposed to north and south. And when you practice against that every single day, it makes our defensive line a little bit, little bit soft on, 
on that stuff too, including linebackers. So when you go play like a team like Alabama or a bigger, a more stout team, I, I feel like we can struggle a little bit because we're not used to that. Um, I, I, I agree a thousand percent with what you just said. Um, I think the state of our program uh, just doesn't look the same. Obviously, everyone's accustomed, especially talking to you, you're accustomed to the style of play that we did. We lined up with tight ends. You had D. Bird on one end. You had Alex Holmes on one end. We could run powers, traps, uh, uh, leads. We we ran all that, but iron sharpens iron. So on the receiving end of that defense, we were ready for all that stuff. We could go pad on pad and get knocked back on both sides of the line. And, again, our offense is finesse. And that's not a knock. No, him, it's just the way his offense is set. So yeah. no matter what they call, no matter what players we get, because it's National Signing Day, by the way, no matter what players we get, we're going to be dissatisfied just because of the style of play they have. Yep. Yep. I just wish I just wish we have the ability. We got a guy like Step who who I think is I mean, we have great. All of our skilled players are phenomenal football players so no no knock on any of that I just I wish that we had the ability to and I don't to me I don't think it's that difficult but we got a big tight end you could use as like a halfback fullback we don't have the ability to get that one yard or two yard downhill when we want it or at least I haven't seen it in many years where if we want that yard we're going to get that and you have a guy like step who can do that um, but we don't go under center well, we're, we're taking knees, victory formation, in shotgun. That, sh- that shit blows my mind. There's so much chance, room for air there. I, I just, I, I, that is like my biggest gripe, and I can't, I can't stand that. There's got to be, to me, there's got to be a package that we can go under center and we can run at least a boot off of it if we want something, or, but get downhill and get up in someone's ass. That that is the only gripe I have with SC right now, as far as the state of our program. Because outside of that, if we had that, I mean, dude, our skill positions, I mean, we got first rounders out there. Even on D line, dude, Drake Jackson might be might be one of the best, or not might be. He's one of the best D linemen in the country. He's a freak. Right. And with this national signing game, same his his uh, I think he was his teammate too. We need to get that that Corey Feldman guy. Yeah, he's committed to SC. Expected to sign today, so. Yeah, oh, I did. I mean, we're getting guys. It, 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 we're building, and, and you know, no pun intended, but we're taking back the West. Meaning, yep. <laughs> it, nice. yeah, right. I had to drop that right there. <laughs> I had to. I got him calling. Anyways, um, but to take back the West, that it starts with up front. It's like we have all the skill oh, players. We keep signing more skill players, and that's great because of the the way our offense is set. We need fantastic receivers to keep stretching the ball down the field to make uh, yak yards and, and move yep. the chains because we don't rely on a strong running game. This, the running game doesn't really complement the offense. It's just a part of the offense. It's like yep. plays they have to call, but it's not the focus of a series, you yep. know? And that's something we're just, we're, we're fond of. We like that part of football. We like seeing people go two tight ends and just like run powers and seeing the guards pulling and going downhill. And, you know, we're used yep. to seeing Freddie Matua and Sam Baker just demolishing people. You know, yep. that, that's the stuff we just love to see. But mm-hmm. it's a finesse offense. So that's what you're going to get in the receiving end, like we said earlier. 
when it's iron sharp and iron, all practice and all that, they go against east west. It's not yeah. north and south. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder how that how that's gonna translate. We didn't get the opportunity this year. Um, but when we have had the opportunity in the past, we played Iowa and we got mashed. We played Ohio State and we got mashed. We played Alabama and we got mashed. Like there's gotta be some I, I mean I, I would like to know, maybe, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't talk to Graham Harrow or anyone, but there's got to be something that, that could get us to that next level. There has to be. It's just time, Colin. Honestly, I think yeah. it's time because with the success we're getting, uh, unfortunately and fortunately, guys get drafted, guys, including yep. coaches, they leave and they get better jobs and things change, things evolve, right? So maybe this isn't the, the final resting place for Graham Harrell and his offense. And we do move on from it in the next couple of years, yep. right? We never know what can happen with that. But I think stockpiling a whole bunch of talent and winning games is the answer right now. And it is totally. the foundation we need. We need five stars across the line and backups. We need that. Yes, yes. Because and we do, we you're right. Them, we need the guys in the trenches. Because that... if we don't get them, they're going somewhere else. And it's end up going to bite us in our, our, our ass, so to say, because we're going to play versus these guys. So we yep. have to, you know, put all our eggs in the basket on these, these top-notch defense alignment. And, you know, it's just too much going on in, in the sports world, you know, because if we don't do that, if we, we, we sit here and dance around and just get skilled players, you know, other people can opt out now. They can, like, leave and say, this isn't going to change. My opportunity is not going to be here, even though I came here, but they're not going north-south. Like, you know, I kind of – that's how I play I am. I got to go elsewhere. And these kids have an out now. Yep. No, but we need, we need those. We need the big guys. You know, the skill positions are great, but those aren't the – I mean, that's like NFL draft. You're like, oh, my team just drafted an O-lineman. Like, oh, boo. But that's what, that's what gets you to that next level. So, um, going forward, what, what do you see for this team? There's a lot of gripes about getting into this playoffs. Obviously, going into the season – we all sat around. We're in group chats. They're pretty funny. I, uh, what was our group chat called? The scumbag or something like that. They're all great. Scum guys. It's, yeah, it's, it's just it's just the title of the group. So yeah, yeah, yeah. people, it's respect, you know. Uh, yeah. So going into the season, we're like, okay, it's going to be the COVID six season because uh, we had six games. Obviously, we didn't get to play one of them, but it's still going to end up being six. Um, yeah. And we're gonna the chance to play Oregon. For the title, somehow, yep. some way, that still end up happening. So, okay, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It still happened. Yeah, we're in a title game versus Oregon. After that, now people are griping about getting into the playoffs. Do we get in the playoffs? Uh, why are we not ranked lower? How do you feel about that? What's your stance on it? Well, I, I actually just had this conversation with my brothers last night. Uh, I think, well, I'm I. I'm a realist, as a, you know, I'm a diehard Trojan fan. I am a realist. If you look at us, if you watched our games, there's personally, as much as I would love to be in the playoffs, I don't think we have the eye test to get to, to get selected to go there. I mean, uh, you could – Taylor was arguing with me. There, are, there, there is a legit discussion on the other end on who the SEC teams ha have played, and you got you got T 
teams losing to Iowa State, and then Iowa State's up there. You got Florida losing two games, and they're still ahead of us somehow. Um, there's some pretty bad losses on both sides on, on that end of the spectrum that you could say, well, SC should at least deserve a shot uh, in the playoffs. I actually wish that this year, only this year, because I'm not a proponent of it, is only this year allow – uh, an eight or a 12 team playoff allow the more teams to get in. I mean, this year is already weird and you might as well just add a couple extra games um, to get these other teams. So there isn't an argument about it because it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to argue and say that Ohio state should belong in the playoff. Like I, I don't see like, Oh yeah, they had all these returning players from last year and they've beaten their teams handily. It's like, well, that's awesome. But, Unfortunately, they only played five games, and they're going to play six. And it's just, I, I know, and that, to me, should kind of disqualify you from playing in that next game. Colin, is the mulligan in this football season, COVID, and the things that they can't control? Yep. I agree they can't control it, but, it, you know, then it's, a, it's just an unfortunate COVID deal, and, you know, like – we, I mean, from a from a devil's advocate, you you win on the final two plays against an Arizona State and an Arizona, and you barely beat a UCLA team. Um, we not no team that we beat is uh, has a winning record. Um, so, I, and this is just from a devil's advocate. I would love, of course, to play in <laughs> into the final four. I mean, that would just be that would be awesome. But um, I I do. I, I don't think that that's in the cards. I mean, I was listening to to uh, the four guys on College Football Show yesterday, and it was basically the same thing. There's, I, I don't think, though, they're comparing us to Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State should go either. Just strictly, there are not enough film. There are not enough games to, to allow them to get there. Just because they were make, ranked higher, that doesn't mean But if you make anything. a 12 people or 12 team, so to say, what you said, a 12-team playoffs – you're adding extra stress to the teams that did do everything they're supposed to do. That's true. You know, and I, you, can't do that you're right. you know what I mean? You, you, you technically shouldn't put more of the load on those guys and give the, know. give the four, give the four a first buy and then allow, get, have some plan. But yeah, you're right. That's no, I mean, I haven't, I haven't sat down and thought this thing through, but. Um, you're just spewing I, it on the podcast. I'm right? just spewing. I just don't think I, it's hard for me to say that a, a team that with, that only has, let's just say we win that only has six wins can be and, and not playing. We didn't play Alabama or Notre Dame this year. If we had, if you're telling me that one of our six games was Notre Dame and we beat them where I think we're having a different discussion. I think everyone's having a, dis, a different discussion, but it's because of who we played. And I mean, you know, that it's not any fault to USC. It's just, that's what happened. Our conference is weak. We get no yep. stop points. We haven't blown everyone out by 50. Yeah. So I think to be similar to some of the things that you're saying, because I'm not going to spew nonsense, but to be, no, <laughs> but to be similar to something you're saying is that it only helps us if we don't get in the playoffs. Uh, yes, I would agree with that. Cause I'm not sure with what we're talking about that we would be able to, compete with Alabama right now I don't know if we're we're at we're we're there um but I would love to see us get if we can beat Oregon like there's no there's no shame in getting an invitation to the Fiesta Bowl 
and playing a good oh, team. I was kind of. We'll, we'll, I'd love the matchup versus Florida. I would love to. I would yes. Love to see that matchup. So, so, so this is what I thought. I agree with that, and I think that we should be. They should pair us up with a with a team like Florida. What I don't want to see, which I have a feeling will happen if we both win, is we're gonna go. We'll we if we beat Oregon, we'll to the Fiesta Bowl, and they will put us with Carolina. And now we're in a I don't lose. Lose lose situation because if you lose that one, you look so terrible. If you win, yep. it's, like, it's freaking coastal yeah. Carolina. Exactly, and I just I I can envision that happening. I feel like it's in the cards. I really hope that it doesn't. I would love to see us go play a Florida. That's what should happen. Prove prove to prove to the world or to the country that SC can beat an SC can beat a Florida like that, or prove that we weren't ready to be in the top four anyways. One of the one of the two can be true. So, I agree. I, that, that, that would be an ideal matchup for us to play yeah. Florida if, if we can beat Oregon. I agree. I think lose-lose if we get uh, Coastal Carolina or something like that. <laughs> no, because just to go back to last year, we played UCLA, beat them like they stole something. We line up versus Iowa and get our lunch Snuck. and dinner yeah. stolen from us. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it doesn't fare us well to think that we should be overly confident. I'm happy with the state of where we're at, but I, yep. I, 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 don't, I just don't want to see us go back on the positives and the foundation we're building. I, I, I agree. I agree. Well, Colin, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, that wraps us up. Um, hopefully you'll come back. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays all that good stuff. Um, I didn't get a Christmas card this year. It's okay. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it because usually your Christmas cards have you tailgating at them. So you couldn't. So I get it. You guys didn't, that, send, them true. didn't send them out this year. Got it. But I love you, brother. Thanks for coming on. Uh, take back the West. Hope to have you soon. Uh, I think next year we've got to have the take back the West live from the tailgate. At oh, the stadium. Or we might set up right outside the 9 Either one will be great. <laughs> It'll be good times, brother. Nice, dude. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.